The March to Zion broadcast is a weekly radio production of Bethlehem Primitive Baptist Church. The broadcast is under the direction of Elder Tim McCool, Pastor. For more information, contact 205-364-1396 or write the March to Zion broadcast, P.O. Box 270, Carrollton, Alabama, 35447. Stay tuned for a message of God's sovereign grace. This is Tim McCool, pastor of Bethlehem Primitive Baptist Church and director of the March to Zion broadcast. Please stay tuned for a message of salvation by grace.
Good morning. It's a great blessing to speak to you this morning on the radio. We're so thankful to have the opportunity to preach the message of salvation by grace alone from week to week. I'm so delighted this morning to have my good friend, Elder Luke Hagler, who is also a member of Bethlehem Primitive Baptist Church, where I pastor. He's going to be preaching for us here in just a little while, and we look forward to hearing that. We invite you to come and worship with us at Bethlehem anytime that you can. We meet each Sunday morning at 1030 and on the second and fourth Wednesday nights at six o'clock. We enjoy worshiping the Lord in a very simple manner. We come together in one room as families and individuals, and we sing, we preach, and we pray. It's a refreshing thing to enjoy this day and time when everything around us seems to be so complicated. I would love to hear from you. You can reach me at my email address, which is very easy. That's Tim at T-I-M-M-C-C-O-O-L-L-A-W dot com. That's Tim at T-I-M-M-C-C-O-O-L-L-A-W dot com. Following this song, we'll hear a message from Elder Luke Hagler.
Thank you, Brother Tim. It's good to be back with you this morning. I hope everyone's had a blessed morning, and I hope you've been prayerful for this time as uh, we open the Word of God and look at a few things. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, I ask that you'll turn to 1 Timothy, the third chapter, and I'm going to look at verse 15 to start with. 1 Timothy, the third chapter, in verse 15, and I want to talk to you this morning about the purpose of the church, the purpose of the church. I want to start in 1 Timothy and read that verse, and it says, But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of the truth. The church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. So in that verse right there, we see the main idea, the main purpose of the church. And the main purpose of the church is to be the pillar and the ground of the truth. Now, you think about this. A pillar is like a column. It's something that that supports something. It's something that holds something up. Sometimes you may see a uh, a great stone pillars on some historical building in Washington, D.C. that are holding up the covering of the the front of that building or maybe there's like a little porch area and you'll have these huge pillars or columns that are holding up the roof keeping it from collapsing oftentimes you will see a pillar hold up something and it may be uh, sometimes i think about a wedding sometimes at weddings you have these beautiful flower arrangements and they'll be setting up on these pillars and these pillars will be holding that plant or that flower arrangement up for everyone that comes and attends the wedding to see so a pillar is something that holds something up and it elevates it and puts it up where everybody can see it and the the bible tells us here that the church is to be the pillar and the ground of the truth so the church's job the main purpose of the church is to elevate and to hold up something as a pillar would elevate and hold up something. What is it that the church is to hold up and to elevate? And the Bible tells us there it's the truth. The church of all places is the place that we should be able to go and see the truth held high, elevated for all to see. It is not the library. It is not the grocery store. It is not Walmart that holds up the truth, it is the church, the God-established entity that he put on this earth to hold up and elevate the truth. Now, this is very interesting to me. In John, the 14th chapter, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Notice that. Jesus says, I am the truth. I am the truth. So the purpose of the church is to hold up the truth and the truth His name is Jesus Christ. The church is to hold up the pillar and ground of the truth, which is Jesus Christ. Now, he also says this. It says, Jesus spake unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. Jesus says, I am the truth. Yet he also says, I am the light. So for a church to hold up the truth is to hold up Jesus Christ, which is to hold up the spiritual godly divine light that he has given us 
And of all places in the world, we should be able go to go to the church. I'm not talking about a building. I'm talking about the body of believers that are the family of God. And we should find them holding up the light, the spiritual light that guides us through this life. When we have a uh, on Sundays or Wednesdays or whenever a church may meet, that church should always and forever be holding up that light which is Jesus Christ, to let that light shine forth because that light is the truth. Now, stay with me here for just a minute. In John, the third chapter, it says this in verse 20, For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. Let me read that again. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, Neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. So think of this. The purpose of the church, as we've read in 1 Timothy, is to be the pillar that holds up and elevates the light of Jesus Christ and shines that light out. Yet John, the third chapter, tells us that those that walk in wickedness and those that do evil, it tells us they hate that light. And it tells us they will not come to that light. They don't want to come to that light because that light, it says, reproves and illuminates the wicked deeds that they are doing. Now, listen, we can all testify to that. It makes us very uncomfortable and we do not like it. When light exposes things that we don't want seen, uh, maybe you've got something on your face. Maybe you've got a nasty cut on your face or you've got something on there that you don't want anybody to see. You would much rather go into a room where it was very dimly lit so people can't see that imperfection on your face as opposed to walking in a room with bright lights that were shining down and showing every imperfection that we had on our faces. We do not like for our imperfections to be exposed to light. Neither do we like for uh, our wickedness and our sins and our evil deeds to be exposed to light. Well, if you've got the church that is holding up the light that is Jesus Christ, the Bible tells us that the world is not going to like that. And they're not going to want to come to that. Because that light exposes their evil deeds. Now, having said that, let me let me read Matthew 25 for a second. I feel like there is a grave misunderstanding at times on what the purpose of the church is. And when we read Matthew, the 25th chapter here, we're going to look at a couple of different types of people that the Bible describes. And hopefully, if the Lord will be with me, I'm going to tie that back into how the church many times today has lost its purpose in holding up the light because they misunderstand, one, what the purpose of the church is, and two, what type of people are out there in the world. In Matthew, the 25th chapter, this is talking about the last end-all judgment. And it says in verse 31, When the Son of Man shall come in His glory, and all the holy angels with Him, Then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on his left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye, blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And then he goes on down and says in verse 
41, he says, Then shall he say also unto them on the left, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. So do you see the picture there? The Lord Jesus Christ calls all nations to him. And as a shepherd does, the Bible says in verse 32, he divides the, notice it says this, he divides his sheep from the goats. His meaning he owns them. They are his bought with a price and bought with his blood, but the goats are not his. So my point is this. We see two types of people there, sheep and goats, goats on the uh, sheep on the right hand and goats on the left hand. And it's very important that we understand about sheep and goats. Oftentimes, the church misunderstands its purpose and tries to attract the goats of this world into that building, trying to make them into sheep. Many times the church tries to take goats and attract the goats of this world and somehow transform them into sheep. And you'll often hear them say, we're looking for the lost. We're looking for the lost. It's our job to save the lost. Now listen, I agree with that statement, but the application of that must be aligned with the, with the biblical definitions of these things in order for us to understand really what the lost are. And I'll go ahead and tell you, the lost in the Bible never means the goats. Every time you see the word lost in the Bible, it is referring to sheep, not goats. So sheep are the ones that can be lost. But notice this, it is the sheep at the end of time in Matthew 25, that are put on his right hand, meaning they are eternally saved and eternally his. So we have to conclude that if all the sheep are set on the right hand, there are no sheep on the left hand of God, of Jesus in this moment, that all sheep must be saved. Then how can a sheep be lost? Well, what we have to understand is that the word lost, even though we use that sometimes in modern day, the word lost in the Bible never refers to goats. It always refers to sheep, and it mean, it does not mean that they are in an, in an eternally lost state. It means that in this life, those sheep have strayed from the shepherds. So let's look at goats for a second. In, in 1 Corinthians one eighteen, there are many verses that we could use that describe goats and what they are capable of and how their what their mindset is and... 1 Corinthians 1.18 is probably one of the best that describes the goats. The goats, again, are those on his left hand and the ones that are cast into everlasting fire. They are the ones that are perishing. And the Bible says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. You see, to the goat, the preaching of the cross is foolishness. You, the, the goat is the, is the, is the John... Uh, chapter 3 verse 20 person the goat hates the light the goat does not want to come to the light the goat thinks the preaching of the cross is foolishness the goat thinks thinks that all things that are of god and about god and relate to god are foolishness you can talk to him about jesus sins you can talk to him about the need for a savior all you want to but he will not come to that light and at the end of time he will be set on the left hand of Jesus Christ. Now, what about sheep? You can read a lot about sheep in John the 10th chapter. And for the sake of time, I can't go into all of that. But notice Jesus says in John the 10th chapter, in verse 11, I am the good shepherd 
And the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. He says in verse 14, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am, and am known of mine. He goes on and says, I lay down my life for the sheep. He says, um, he says, therefore doth my father love me because I laid down my life that I may take it again. He says, I came to die for the sheep. I am here for the sheep. And you say, well, that just means the Jews. That means the, the, the sheep of Israel. But he says, and other sheep ha I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring in and they shall hear my voice and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. The sheep in the Bible represent the entire family of God. And you can read a lot about that in John, the 10th chapter. It's also interesting to me in verse 26 there, he told, he tells a, a group of unbelieving Pharisees, he says, but ye believe not because ye are not of my sheep. As I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand my father which gave them me is greater than all no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand he tells these people here he tells some of these unbelieving pharisees i'm the shepherd and i came to die for my sheep and the reason you don't believe is because you're not my sheep i came to give life to my sheep eternal life to my sheep and nobody can undo that you see you got goats and you got sheep goats will never come to that light but sheep will come to that light because they've been born again by the Spirit of God at His appointed time. Now, here's the thing. There can be lost sheep, not eternally lost, but sheep can be lost in this life, meaning that they've strayed from the shepherd. Psalms 119, 176, David says, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Jeremiah 50, verse 6, My people hath been lost sheep. He tells his disciples when he sends them to preach, but go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Jesus says, I am sent. I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And what I want you to see there is when we talk about the word lost, we're talking about sheep. Now, the word lost in the Bible does not refer to the goats. And I want to wrap this up here, but I want to give you this. In Luke, the 15th chapter it says, And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost, until he find it? And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. Now, notice this. Here's a man, here's a shepherd who's lost his sheep, a sheep that is, has strayed away from the fold and strayed away from the shadow of the shepherd. But at no time in that sheep's travels did he cease to become a sheep. He was a sheep when he was under the care of the shepherd. He was a sheep when he strayed. He was a sheep when he got way, way, way far away from the flock. His identity never changed. But what did change was his relation, his fellowship with the shepherd. He was always a sheep, but his fellowship with the shepherd changed. The shepherd could no longer watch and care over him, and, and he could not be under the care of the shepherd like he was when he was there. He could not be with the protection of the flock. That's how sheep protect themselves is with being in numbers and, and staying with the flock. So the identity of this sheep never changed. 
But his fellowship and location to the shepherd most certainly changed. Now, if he would have been killed by a wolf and he would have been laid in the ground, he would have been buried a sheep. He would still been a sheep. That identity never changes. Now, let me go back to the purpose of the church. And I say this with much love and compassion in my heart. One of the great detriments of the church today is that we have failed to see that there are sheep and there are goats and the goats will never come to that light. Now, you may get them there for a pizza party or an ice cream Sunday party or for some kind of fun and games. But when you start holding up the truth that is Jesus Christ and you elevate that light and you hold it up, it will repel the world like uh, like eat a repellent repels bugs. And some people may say, I don't do, I don't agree with that, Brother Luke, because I know that I've had somebody that, that was a goat and they came into the came to church and they heard the message of the gospel and they ran to it and they loved it. Well, brothers and sisters, you didn't get a goat into that church. You got a lost sheep into that church, because according to the Bible, the goats are not going to come to that light. But you found a precious, sweet sheep of God that was strayed from the fold and they came back to that fold. How you got them there, I don't know, but you got them there and they heard the loving, care, caring, wonderful spiritual message of the gospel of the shepherd and they came running back to it. You see, the purpose of the church is to hold up the pillar to be the pillar in the ground of the truth. The purpose of the church is to elevate Jesus Christ and the light that he shines. And that light is precious to a child of God. It illuminates their path. It helps them. It strengthens them. They find great comfort in that. At times it convicts them, and at times it makes them uh, squirm a little bit, but it refines them as silver is refined in a fire. The purpose of the church is to shine that light for the child of God and to shine it hoping that those lost sheep that are born-again children of God will come back to that light. But I'm afraid what has happened too many times is the church has become more interested in getting goats in the church, thinking they can turn them into sheep. Well, brothers and sisters, again, I say this with as much love in my heart. For you to attract the goats of the world and to keep them in your church, you will have to starve the sheep of God to do that. And you will have to uh, quench and extinguish and hide the light that is Jesus Christ, in order to do that. May we understand that the salvation of man was completed on the cross of Calvary, and that's not a burden that we were ever meant to bear, that God has the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left hand, and the purpose of the church is to feed those precious sheep of God and to hold that light up that is Jesus Christ and to bring the lost sheep into that fold and to nurture them and care for them and to heal their wounds and to help illuminate their path so they can stay away from the wolves of this world. But brothers and sisters, it is never, the purpose of the church is never to conduct itself in such a way that the goats love it and the sheep starve to death. Our churches are weak sometimes today because we're more worried about doing something that the Lord has already finished. The purpose of the church is to feed those sheep. The goats won't love it. The goats won't come to it. And the goats will be repelled from the light. May we always, I don't care what denomination you may be this morning, May we always understand that our job is to elevate the light that is Jesus Christ. And those that run from it are not the ones that you're looking for. It's those that run to it that you're looking for. For those will be the ones that Jesus Christ sits on his right hand and says, Come, ye blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom of God prepared for you from the foundation of the world. The sheep of God are his people given to him in covenant before the foundation of the world, and every one of them will be eternally saved. But we want to make sure 
that their life on this side of heaven is a life full of abundance and spiritual blessings, and you need the church to do that. Thank you for your time and attention this morning. been listening to the march to zion broadcast for more information contact 205-364-1396 or write to the march to zion broadcast p.o box 270 Carrollton, alabama 35447 bethlehem primitive baptist church is located seven miles east of gordo and 10 miles west of northport just off highway 82 on the boyd road near ecola services are each sunday at 10 30 a.m and the second and fourth Wednesday night at 6.30 p.m. Please join us next week for another message of God's sovereign grace.